0: Welcome to Secret Lives of Expanders. This is where we get to meet and learn from those who have done things outside the box. The idea is to introduce you to entrepreneurs, creators, and healers who have done really wild things. And this episode was with none other than Melanie Rose, the star of the Netflix show called How to Build a Sex Room. And this was a good one, as you can imagine. We talked about all things. We talked about her story, her clients, the importance of communication, and uh, dedicating a space that's really intentional for really anything, but of course, in this case, about sex and intimacy. I know that I say this a lot about a lot of the episodes, but this one was juicy for very obvious reasons. I may have gotten even more personal on this episode. And this conversation's actually really important, and it goes beyond sex. It's really about setting an intention. Even in feng shui and energy work, you set an intention for your bathroom as well as your master bedroom and even your closet space. And so there is a big power in setting an intention, uh, whether it's your physical space or in life or for 2024, all the things. We talk about this in Elevate Club. Uh, we talk a lot about energy and energetics of running a business and energetics of having a life that you love. And um, this is where I share all the energetics of really taking your life and your business to that next level. If you want more information, you can go to www.elevate.me and that is spelled elivat me or you can reach out to me on any of our social media platforms. I would love to connect with you. And don't forget to tell me what your thoughts are on this episode. All right, hello everyone, and welcome back to Secret Lives of Expanders. And I am so excited to have Melanie Rose here with me today. If you don't know who she is, Um, you, you may also know who she is, but you may deny it a little bit, but anyways, she's the star of the show, how to build a sex room, uh, a series on Netflix that I personally watched like obsessively with my partner and, uh, we love the show so much. And, uh, I think the show does so, such a great job at so many different things. Uh, but just opening the conversation around uh, sex and sexual experiences and sex rooms and things like that. So I'm so excited to talk to you about all things on the show, off the show, and and you
1: specifically. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, indeed. Um, it's lovely to be here and lovely to chat about all things that are sort of like sexy and also how to build a sex room. Totally okay. So one of the things that I've been wanting to know
0: is. How did you get started with this? Because I I don't I can't I'm, I can't really wrap my head around like okay waking up and being like or asking a child what do you want to do when you grow up? You know what I'm gonna grow up to build sex rooms.
1: Oh, that's really funny because yes, I was um and I still am an interior designer, um, but I was just actually at a, a client's home and we perchance happened to be in the in the fucking bedroom of all places. Now you know talking about bed linens and things like that, and um, <clears throat> they turned around to me and said, have you ever designed a sex room," and I was like, um, uh, "I'm sorry. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a British lady, young lady, you know, privately educated, and here I am being asked have I do I know how to build a sex room?'" And so I, was, I think I picked my jaw up off the floor and just said, uh, "No," but I did go home and sort of like then it was curious, I'm terribly curious nature, so. I did research and more research and more research. And what I found out there was like kind of, I suppose, not really appropriate to be what I thought a sex room would be. And they all sort of like leaned into the area of dungeons. So anyway, uh, that got me thinking. And I thought, well, a sex room doesn't have to be dirty or disgusting. That's really just perpetuated by the media and also people that, you know, are commenting about it who know nothing about the culture. So I was like, I can do this. (laughs) Yeah. So that's where we started.
0: So um,
1: that's really interesting.
0: How how does one even research? Because like you're saying, when you say sex room, people are like either it's associated with dirty or this like dark little basement. looks like a dungeon that's that's also dirty and i don't mean just dirty and like like physically dirty but energetically dirty so how did how did you what did you learn as you were researching aside from um the cultural expectation of what a sex room would look like
1: um really when i was doing some research I, i i looked at the spaces and i was like what the fuck have they done to this i mean why can't they make it a little bit more luxurious why do we have to look at and you're absolutely right you know we google bdsm or sex room actually sex room it comes up with all of my stuff from netflix so i'm pretty proud about that but um so that's a good thing but prior to that it was you would you know type sex room and then it would come up with all these weird things and then you type in BDSM and then you'd get images of women with sort of like purple breasts from being you know bound with rope and all those images I think that are portrayed or you you find online I think led people to going oh yeah I'm going to walk away from this I don't I, you know I'm going to run to the hills um without actually investigating it you know sex is the most natural thing that we do Um, not just for procreation, but also for pleasure. And therefore, we can have that same experience if we dedicate a room to it as well. So it can, you know, as you said, dirty and disgusting rooms. Yes, there are those out there, but, you know, I believe that the rooms that I design, uh, you know, are as unique as uh, as the user. So I just want to make them... I I want to make them look more ravishing and approachable and demystify this fucking thing about, you know, not talking about sex and not, you know, thinking a sex room is something dirty because it's not.
0: And uh, Melanie, you you did such an incredible job. Like my partner and I, when we were watching the show, we're like, I can't believe how beautiful the design of each of the rooms, no matter what the theme was or what the couple or the, the people um, wanted to experience, no matter what the experience was, you didn't walk into it. Definitely there was no sense of like, this is dirty, this is a dungeon. It was the opposite of a, of what you would conventionally call traditionally would say a sex room. And that's that's the beauty of what you brought to the surface was with your, your interior design background, you could look at any room and go, okay, how can I like 10 X the design of this room? And you did that with uh sex rooms. I will have to say, and I haven't researched this, but I'd have to say you're probably the first person might be the only, or at least like you must be the mother of this field. I'm sure now after the show and after what you have set for forward, um, there are other people maybe that are getting into this.
1: Um, yes, I would yes. Um, I would say that um I'm there are, you know, it's a niche background. Um, this is gonna sound a terrible thing, but you can't buy taste and you can't buy class. Um, so with my design interior design experience, I'd like to hope that I bring all of those things in certain areas in certain ways, especially when I was designing the room, the rooms for the show, um, which were quite unique and um, you know, really yeah represented what the clients or the participants on the show wanted i call them clients not participants but yeah
0: yes i i loved them i loved how you did that the whole process was pretty fascinating for me because um you are you have an interior design background but i have to say you played therapist you played mediator you played like let me bring things out of you that you didn't even know existed inside of you i don't know what that's called you played this like transformational coach. You, it it was actually pretty genius how you maneuvered around the conversations, how you showed up, how you created a safe space for everybody involved to actually be themselves or express more of themselves. Um, now before I want to ask a question about that, like, how did you do that? What are the questions? However, um, let's go back. I'm curious. So when you had that very first experience where you're like, okay, maybe I'll do this. Then did it start to like just massively pick up because like, how
1: does the, I guess the word just gets spread around. The word, the word, the word, the word gets out. Um, yes, I, it, it's, I designed very high-end sex rooms for a very, um, niche set of people i suppose who are you know very high up there whether they're uh, in the public eye or not in the public eye or don't want, want to you know want to remain anonymous so you know these are clients that have no budgets these are so i'm not restrained by that excuse the use of the word restrained um but um i thought it was uh, so it, it was word of mouth i mean it was one thing Then it went to somebody else. And and that's how things do. I don't advertise. I've never advertised that I design sex rooms, partly because of the fucking stigma around it. Um, I think one instance really just, let me touch base on this very quickly. I happened to be uh, out shopping at Costco. Okay, yes, I shop at Costco. And um, I was just walking back to my car and this person wound down their window and they said, oh my God, are you that woman from that Netflix show? And they, but they couldn't bring the words to say, are you from that show, How to Build a Sex Room? So my retort to that is, oh, you mean how to build a sex room? Because it makes, you know, it's like, and don't, be, don't shy out. away. Yeah, don't shy away from the word sex. I mean,
0: I honestly think on a deeper level, this show was must have been mad massive for people just to, um, reduce the taboo level of like, why don't we talk about it more often? I think like sex, orgasm, self-pleasure, like all of these things that everybody is doing. If we, there's so much, I think even in the circle of girlfriends, when you get together, there's so much stuff that you end up talking about, but as soon as you bring up anything that has to do with sex or, or anything, it's all of a sudden everybody closes up, and uh, you know the energy of the room completely shifts, and yet it is the most
1: natural thing that humans do. Right. I think probably when you're talking to girlfriends and, you know, um, maybe they, they shut up a little bit or they, they, they withdraw, because maybe they might share something that the other person didn't know, and it's the fear of being judged, you know, if you perhaps say, "Well, I love anal sex." Then some, you know, the other friend may go, What? You know, it's, but it's okay. Yeah, it, it, it's quite, it's, it, you know, it's okay what we do behind those closed doors. It's okay, but it's okay to talk about it. And I think what the How to Build a Sex Room did was it helped people create conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what the purpose was. Um, I've had so many people re- out, reach out to me and just DM me and say, you know, when we we watch your show and um, my goodness, you know, we went to an adult store uh, together for the very first time. And I'm like, great. That's fabulous. Why not? Because it created a conversation. Do we want to try different things? Do we want to be a little bit more experimental? With, uh, but knowing that we're in our safe space to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just to reference back to uh, the earlier conversation, is you did such an incredible job facilitating the conversations, holding space for that. Because um, personally, I, I, my partner and I are pretty comfortable and sort of talk about this so probably too much. But um, I see this out there where it's even hard for people to bring up what they like, what their fantasies are like, or how they would like to even be pleasured in the bedroom uh, to their significant other, who they've been married to for however many years. So you did a great job facilitating that. And that's I'm curious. what are some questions that you would ask somebody to, to bring those things out, but then also help them push their edges or maybe discover what are some things that they
1: haven't considered before that they want to get into? Well, I, you know, when I talk to my clients and when I talk to the, you know, the clients again in the show, I, I'm very matter of fact. It's I can't. There's no point going around in a circle. I'd go straight for the bullseye. And it is what do you like sexually? I need to find out. You know, is it things like, you know, you love to be pleasured for the clitoris? What kind of fetishes do you want? What boundaries? um, Do you like anal pleasure? I mean, all the gamut of those toys come up in a conversation and I'm asking a client about that. Then I'm asking, well, what type of room are you looking for? What type of environment, or, or or desire, or sweets do you want me to make over for you that allows the allows these conversations to take place and allows you to, you know allows you to safely push your own boundaries? Mm. And I think the show covered that. Sorry, I think the show covered that really well with Taylor and AJ, the first couple. Um, you know, the idea of being flogged was like, yeah, not interested. Yeah, um, but then you know take them to somebody like uh the experienced people that know how to do that we are then pushing their boundaries and then they're experiencing something they've never tried before and they loved it
0: exactly it's like how do you know you don't like it if you haven't tried it or you haven't you know you haven't had guidance in that area
1: Oh, absolutely yeah and, and you're also right about, you know, I feel this is very right for every interior designer out there, you do become the sort of like mediator, you do become the therapist, you do become, you know, the, the coach, um, and, and especially in my job as well. Um, so it is, it is rather, you know, you do sit on that, on that fine line of being all those three people rolled into one as a designer.
0: And you were like you were a complete natural at it too. Like it didn't feel like you were intervening, it didn't feel like you were the therapist, but somehow you like grabbed the bag and they would say something, and you would they, you know, they would converse through you almost to one another. Like you created this sort of space where it was completely safe for them to say all the things that they wanted to say. Um, now for the couples that are at home or like single people that are at home, and maybe they're in a relationship or whatever. What's an easy way if there if there's some discomfort around like they have a fantasy or they, they want something in the bedroom that they want a toy or they want a certain kind of equipment in the room in the bedroom or whatever. Um, what's a good way to start the conversation with your partner?
1: Um, And funnily enough, I would think watching my show would start it off very nicely with a glass of wine and a notepad and a pen and pencil. Um, I think that's probably, and, and the reason why I say that is because Sometimes it can be uncomfortable uh, when you're trying to talk to your partner. Sometimes I have partners that don't converse, and what I'll do is ask them to write down their fantasies and their their ideas on on pieces of paper, On you know, write a list or write your thoughts out, and then I will take that from uh, from each of the partners and then I will read that because perhaps conversationally-wise, they don't want to feel judged. But okay. maybe somebody else could look into that, and it's it's easier for somebody to say, well, so and so would like to try. Uh, da-da, da-da, da-da. But I think the easiest way is because my show is out there. Watch the yeah, show. Grab a, just watch the show because that's going to create that's going to break the ice of like, okay, let's make an evening of it. You know, let's get some dinner or always make it like a date night. Watch a show and then conversations I think will naturally come up so use the show as a as a a, as a break you know as a starting point
0: Mm -hmm. yes absolutely and I think it's crucial to have these conversations around sex or sex rooms or dungeons and kink and all the different things Um, and I would imagine that it makes people's lives sex lives but also their relationship it would take them to to the next level by having that i mean i'll give you kind of a silly example i just bought a treadmill and i stuck it in my office where it's like my corner to go for a walk when i'm in the office if the weather is cold or i don't want to go walk the beach so i just have the space space air quotes where I go and I go walk that's my space to walk and since I've gotten this treadmill guess what I do more of I go to my treadmill in between calls or whatever and I walk so I would imagine if you have a sex room I don't have one yet it's on my it's on my list so I'd like to have one you've got you've got my number (laughs) I know where to find you exactly yes And um, I would imagine if you have a sex room or if, you, uh, if your bedroom, if you've intentionally designed your bedroom in such a way that has that kind of sexy, feel, sexy, flirty feeling that you would like to experience, then you probably would
1: have more sex, just like I'm walking more with a treadmill in my office. Look, I think in our, our lives these days are taken up with uh, in households, especially if you have children. children you know, and especially if you work. And then, again, like social media, um, you know, you're running a business, you're running a part. There's all these things going on, but we have very little time to make uh, time with our partners. And I think that's really, really important. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a way – I think it's – you do need to put away that time, carve out that time for uh, to get together and be intimate with each other. And by having a, a, a sacred space or, or a, you know, a sex room that's dedicated to that um, is a lovely way to do it because you're not – you, that room is your own. You know, yeah. you've got biometric thumbprint locks on there. You don't have to hide the toys away. They're all there, ready, set up just to be used and experimented with. So that's why I love the idea of, you know, a sex room.
0: I, I love that. I like, yeah, and I would imagine you would just have more sex because you have a sex room. And then, now, random question. Do, when you have a sex room, do you have less sex in the actual
1: bedroom? <laughs> you just go straight to the sex room? I, I don't think so. I think, you know, You know, not a lot of people can actually have the uh, afford can afford a natural sex room in its in its own right, but yes, you can still have sex in your bedroom as well. You're creating a different scenes in the kitchen or everywhere else, darling. You can have sex wherever you want it, darling. Even if it's in the fucking kitchen, just make sure the hob's not on, okay? Um, So it, it, it 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 it's up to you. I mean, you know, you can go back to role playing. Yeah, You know, that's a wonderful thing. If you've got a sex room, you can role play in there and, and you, you can be your natural selves if you want in your bedroom. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just about exploring and, you know, coming up with these ideas and coming up with these thoughts. And perhaps you can't do that on your own, but maybe you can see that, you know, you can talk about it with your partner and create your own experiences, creating a new chapter in your lives, spicing things up.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and um, all these sex rooms. So, what is your f- most favorite sex room that you have ever designed?
1: Well, all my clients are NDAs, so I can't talk about any of those. Yeah. Um, and I hope you appreciate that. Um, I get often asked, "What would the mo- what was the nicest sex room, or what was the most pleasurable sex room that I designed on the yeah. show?" And you know, I find it really difficult to say. I think it has to be that one, or I think it's maybe it might be because uh, maybe it might be the poly family, the polyamorous family. Because we had six, six people there, all with six different ideas. And you know, trying to contain a group of people um who have all these thoughts and wants and needs and desires, and incorporating all of that into into a room, I think was a challenge, was a, quite a challenge for me as a designer but also fun. And I think the end result, I, I, I'm really rather proud of the end result for that.
0: It was fun, yeah. And to, to basically the ability that you had, obviously this is your zone of genius to like integrate everybody's desires into the one room or the one
1: space, it was beautiful. Oh, thank you. I think what was, I touched on this earlier on, you had said, you know, you like a therapist or, you know, people open up to you. And it was a show, the showrunner, Sarah Howell, um, was just, you know, I wasn't told what to do. They just said, just do what you do, Melanie. So I always had a camera on me, but I would, you know, what you see is not being directed by anybody. That's just me. Um, occasionally I went between two cameras, which pissed everybody off because it's like, no, 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 you've got to stay here, stay here, don't move. Um, which is funny, but uh, and you for me. But um I, you know, it was uh, Sarah Howe would say, My oh God, these people have just fallen under Melanie's spell again. And it was they felt very natural, just being able to talk to me. And I, I think that's probably because I'm partly because I'm English. And one, I'm quite straightforward. And, uh, you know, I can say all these sexy words and so forth. And, you know, I don't hide behind them. So they felt relaxed.
0: And I think you're comfortable with it. Like you don't, you have probably zero sense of taboo about anything anyone can ever tell you because, well, because you don't, you don't have any judgment, you're neutral towards it. So it make a provides for a safe space for people to be able to open up to
1: that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I am not, you know, doing what I do. I cannot be judgmental. I'm there as a designer, you know, behind closed doors, they get up to whatever they want to. That's not my business. My business is to first find out what they like, what they would like, help push their boundaries, design the room and get out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then, um, okay. So some, uh, listeners might be like, oh, I like that idea. I love the idea. Like I've always wanted a sex room or like a, a space in which you have the toys. And like you said, like such a small thing, but not having to um, not having to like hide anything like your box of toys or whatever you might have in the bedroom, not having to hide any of those and having it be safe, especially with kids and and
1: all the other and, things and, and dogs dogs and dogs, dogs love dil- dogs love dildos you just have to be very careful
0: oh I didn't even think about that
1: yes okay. yes a, yeah I think the UK ran an article about people you know taking their dogs in the woods and then some of them finding dildos and happily bringing them back in their mouth and going hey look what I found I found a bone and it's like fuck that's a of bone oops
0: <laughs> that's that's too funny okay Yes, definitely want the sex room. Um, However, um, if say you don't have an extra bedroom or you want to be more intentionally sexy about your existing bedroom, what are some suggestions that you would give somebody that super simple to do, but, you know, but it, it makes it intentional for that space to make it juicy?
1: Right. First thing off, I would get under bed restraints. Ooh, Okay. That's my that's my go to for if if you've you've got you don't have a dedicated space under bed restraints really easy um, affordable um, you know they slide under the mattress and you've got four tethers that lead to connectors to handcuffs and Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. There you go. You're spread eagled out on the bed. Put a blindfold on. You have no idea what's going to happen next. So that's how you can make it very, very sexy. And you know, if you want to have you know little wax play or something like that, but then you would use I would use different sheets underneath your normal sheets, okay? Or have a specialized play set, You know, maybe use some silky sheets or uh, something you would just dedicate for that moment. You okay. know, make make a thing of it. Yeah, I think. And, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And and candles. You know you don't have to use real candles, but you can use some really beautiful uh candles that are either wickless or you know or run by battery operated or app operated I think they wonderful all of that adds to the ambiance
0: the ambiance the sort of vibe of the room and then of yeah. course I think the intentionality of it like here's the intention behind and and there is a little bit of excitement about knowing that those uh those uh, what are they called? The the ones you were saying that you stick underneath the bed and Oh, the, the
1: under bed restraints, under bed restraints. Yeah. Uh,
0: restraints. Like there's something sexy about sleeping in a bed that has, has those underneath it. No, it's, it's, it's
1: all, it's all here. It's all, it's all in, it's how the mind uh, reacts to that. It's like, okay. It's almost, uh, it's almost like, you know, if you've never slept naked before, Mm. And you, the, that's the first time you've slept naked in a bed. There is a really huge sense of arousal behind that because it's a bit, it's a bit naughty. It's a bit. Oh my goodness, maybe I shouldn't, but oh my god, I'm going to.
0: I'm going to. Okay, yeah, I think just the idea of like having that in the bedroom, or like oh, it's underneath the mattress. Like already, there's that sense of anticipation that makes it really sexy.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: I like that. So my my take on the show was that and on on you Melanie was that not only did you do such a great job but this is so much deeper than entertainment. My my real take on this was that it must have opened up conversation and, um with couples um uh, you know or I guess poly families or anybody but it must have opened up conversation around sex in general. It must have taken people It must have had an impact on, you know, zero to 10 taboo, maybe 10 out of 10, went to five out of 10, five out of 10, you know, went to zero out of 10. Guaranteed it changed some relationships for the better.
1: Marriages. Hugely, hugely, hugely. Yes.
0: And I mean, beyond their sex life or the frequency of how often they have sex, I would imagine that it deepens your connection with your significant other if you are just the ability to be able to get vulnerable to have that intimate conversation with your partner.
1: Exactly, because we're not open enough to. I think it depends on what type of relationship you're in. If you're in, you know, everybody is different. Some people find it uncomfortable. So as we were talking about earlier on, well, why don't you go and watch the show, and um, but make a thing about it. Make it, you know, okay, we're going to watch this. You know, I don't know. As I said earlier, a glass of wine, a glass of champagne. Make a thing of it, uh, and just you know, see what reactions uh, uh, you know occur. So I think that's you know. Yeah, just go and watch the fucking show.
0: I I would thousand percent say go fucking watch this show because it's amazing. Glass of wine and just converse about it. Converse about what they're experiencing. And I guarantee something juicy is going to come out of that. Um, oh, absolutely. Yes. Do you have any examples of I would imagine people maybe afterwards when you even later, way later, if you connect with them or stayed in touch with them and they gave you positive feedback on how their relationship, is there one that you can think of that you'd share?
1: Um, No, I think I, I think think most, I haven't heard from a lot of them, I've heard a bit from some of them because the producers stayed in contact and stuff like that, and they were all happy and, and excited about it all. So, um, but I haven't actually gone back in person after all that time and just said how did it? How did it change your life? But I think it has changed. Um, I did hear a couple of things uh, where they were like, "Oh my god, we tried this, we loved it," and "Oh my god, it just got even better" and stuff like that. So, it, it did make a positive change for the participants. I'm sure or clients. Yeah.
0: And I, I know of that too. Is um, just the fact that it's just crazy to me that there's so much taboo around pleasure, because that's ultimately what's sex and all these sex toys and everything else exists. I know,
1: but I, I know, but the thing about that is really frustrating. You know, sex rooms are not a new fucking invention. Sex rooms have been around throughout history. You know, started in the tea houses, the tea rooms in in Kyoto, in Japan, where, you know, people would be entertained and they would go through, you know, secret entryways and secret exits. and You know, so they had a place or a room to go and have sex in. So it's classified as a sex room. So, it, you know, Catherine the Great had an entire wing of her palace as a sex room. So this is not anything new. And this is not new behavior. Um, toys. You know, the oldest dildo is 28,000 years ago and was found in Germany in a cave. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's not what we've just invented, you know, it's in, in this century. It, it's been around for decades, thousands and thousands of years.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, never really thought about it that way. That's great. Um, Melanie, her, the, yes. the personal question. Yes. Do you have a sex room?
1: I'm not going to answer that one. I need to leave you guessing.
0: <laughs> I have a feeling you have a version of it,
1: Danny. I have lots of toys.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Good. Awesome. Well, um, what is exciting for Melanie that's coming up? Is there anything exciting? What are you up to these days? What's next for you?
1: Um, I have you know, I'm still working with clients, and I have lots of balls in the air, which. Um, is exciting. I have lots of exciting things happening my way. Um, so we can't discuss them at the moment, obviously, but it's all very exciting. and, And, um, I'm looking forward to how this year plays out. Amazing.
0: Yes. And I know that people can connect with you on Instagram. We'll put that link in here, but you can look her up. She'll pop up at the very top, Melanie Rose. And, um, also, um, you have a line of sort
1: of, body bondage uh, yeah I have a line with uh, the stock room Um, I'll send you the link to put that in and basically um, it is a collar and leash and um, cuffs but the collar you can wear out as a piece of okay as a piece of jewellery so not knowing that when you go home and behind those claws you're going to be leashed and you're going to be pulled around and um, a set of cuffs which actually double as leather bracelets as well, but they have the hook, they have the the connector as well, the clip, um, and a blindfold.
0: I love that to to create anticipation.
1: Create anticipation, and they have a uh, um, gold plated roses on it as well because my name is Rose, and so. Yeah, it's, I- they're lovely. They're available on my website. Um, but I'll send you the link for the stock room. And uh, just, you know, it's a limited edition. So um, it's very exciting.
0: And I, and I saw them. I checked them out and they are beautiful.
1: They're beautiful. Thank you so much. Yes. And you you.
0: can wear them out and you can, you know, wear them in the bedroom.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Wear them out knowing what you're going to get up to in the bedroom when you get back.
0: I love that. Amazing. Thank you so much, Melanie, for giving me this time. I know you're busy. I learned so much. I know that um, everyone watching, I hope that it just inspires you to have a conversation. But most fun thing to do, like Melanie said, go watch the show together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Melanie. And thank you, everyone are watching and for listening in and uh, make sure you subscribe, tune in and send me a message. Tell me what you thought about this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got some applicable nuggets to quantum leap your life and your practice. Be sure to subscribe to this channel and be the first to know when we release our next guest here on Secret Lives of Chiropractors. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Nona Javid, D-J-A-V-I-D, to keep up with my not-so-secret life. And um, check out Elevate Club at www.elevate.me, and Elevate is spelled E-L-I-V-A-T-E. We'll see you at the next episode.